is Monica, and this is Remembering to Misremember, and um, this episode is going to be about Billy Tipton, the pioneering jazz man. On the morning of Saturday, January 21st, 1989, 74-year-old Billy Tipton was stricken in his mobile home on the outskirts of Spokane, Washington. Billy had been ill for quite some time, yet refused medical treatment. Understanding how Billy felt about doctors, his teenage son, William, or Billy Jr., called his mother when his dad collapsed while having a cup of coffee. Of course, she urged Billy Jr. to call the paramedics, which he did. They arrived and started working on Billy. When they opened up his PJs to begin resuscitation efforts, one of them asked Billy Jr., Did your father ever have a sex change operation? The question seemed ridiculous to him until he walked over and discovered that his father had two fully formed female breasts hanging from his bare chest. And that's how Billy Jr., again just a teenager at the time, learned his father's deepest secret. Billy Tipton, musician, father to three sons and ex-husband of five women, was a transgender man. Billy Tipton was a jazz musician, a pianist and saxophonist who played small clubs and entertained veterans of foreign wars. In the 30s, 40s, and 50s, when Billy was most active, jazz was absolutely a man's game. One exception was the extraordinarily gifted Hazel Scott, who was both black and a woman. For more than 50 years, Billy Tipton lived as a man. When Billy's secret was revealed to the public in the days immediately following his passing, it was reported that she, and I put that word in quotes, dressed and behaved as a man solely because of the limits placed on female jazz musicians during the time that he was building his career. They said that Billy passed as a man for this reason. This highlights the confusion that can arise around one's biological sex and one's gender that is, physical and social characteristics that hold cultural significance. Many biological women have dressed as men in order to survive in society, including soldiers serving in armies, or women who were entering the workforce during time periods when opportunities for women were severely limited. Dr. James Barry, credited with performing the first successful C-section, was considered to be a man until death when it was revealed that the doctor possessed not only great surgical skills, but female junk underneath his clothes. But we're here to talk about Billy Tipton's story. He was born on December 29, 1914, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, in a body that was, for all intents and purposes, a girl's. He was given the name Dorothy Lucille Tipton. His father, George, was an aviator, and his mother, Reggie, was a glamorous beauty to whom Billy was close. George and Reggie divorced when Billy was a child, and he was raised by an aunt in Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City was a hotbed for jazz, a musical genre that fascinated him. In high school, Billy, nicknamed Tippy, started playing organ, piano, and saxophone. At Southwest High School, Billy was prevented from joining the school band, which only featured boys. He went back to Oklahoma to finish his last year of high school at Connor State College High School, joining their school band. After high school, Billy became wholly masculine presenting, 
binding his breasts and dressing in a traditionally manly style. As he became more serious about his music career, Billy no longer answered to the name of Dorothy Lucille Tipton, but took the name of Billy Lee Tipton. The claim is that Billy had been auditioning for work as a saxophone playing woman, but that nobody would hire a woman. When she slicked her hair back, bound her breasts, and wore a suit, she got work. Billy had cousins that he was close to, who said that they saw him do this the very first time he ever did it. And this story makes it sound like it was all about Billy's career. But Billy Tipton did not just dress as a man. He lived as a man, even in the privacy of his own home. And this was not the case of a cross-dressing lesbian. The women that Billy had relationships with did not know his secret, at least in the beginning. There were five women who called themselves Mrs. Tipton, taken in by his charm and boyish good looks. When Billy was 20, he began a relationship with a 32-year-old married woman named Nan Earl Harrell. Some people mistook Nan Earl for Billy's mother. I don't know when she learned Billy's secret, nor what role, if any, it played in the ending of their relationship, but they were together for eight years before Nan Earl eventually returned to her husband. A singer named June was Billy's next serious relationship lasting for a couple years, possibly ending when she learned Billy's secret. When that ended, Billy was with 18-year-old Betty Cox, a romance that went on for seven years. Betty was quoted as referring to Billy as the most fantastic love of my life. They lived as a married couple, and she supposedly never knew Billy's secret, even though they allegedly had sex every day. Betty had other lovers, though, and their relationship ended when Betty's father became ill and she went to Texas to care for him. When she got back, Billy had moved on, so they split up in 1954. Billy's next love was a sex worker named Mary Ann, with whom he moved to Spokane, Washington. When Mary Ann found out about Billy's affair with a nightclub dancer named Kathleen Kitty Kelly, Billy and Mary Ann split. All of these women were during the time that they were with Billy considered to be his wives. He kept them at bay more or less by telling them that he had been in a bad car accident that damaged his sexual organs and his ribs. This also gave an acceptable and believable reason for what was actually breast binding. Still, he managed to maintain sexual relationships with these women that satisfied them. It's important to add, too, that Kitty had a health problem which prevented her from having traditional sexual intercourse. So whatever the understanding between the two of them was, it worked for them for many years. In 1962, Billy and Kitty settled into married life. There was never any attempt on Billy's part to legally marry any of these women, and they even built a family. John, Scott, and William, or Billy Jr., were adopted by the couple. The three boys were not legally adopted, and I'm not sure where that came from, nor how they were acquired, but Billy and Kitty were very involved parents participating in the Boy Scouts and the PTA. Billy's son, William, considered Billy to be a maternal parent. Billy and Kitty split up in 1977. Kitty would go on to remarry while Billy reconciled with Mary Ann, who discovered Billy's birth certificate. She found out Billy's secret and asked him about it. All she got in reply was what she called a terrible look. 
This explains how Billy kept his transgenderism, a term that wasn't used in his lifetime, secret. It's not that nobody knew, as we so often hear. Some people really were clueless, while others simply kept their mouths shut. That speaks to the genuine friendship and loyalty that Billy Tipton inspired in people. At one point, Billy ran into a childhood friend who asked him, Are you related to Dorothy Tipton? To which Billy replied, I am Dorothy. Please promise me that you won't tell anybody. And this friend never said anything until he was, excuse me, time for my water. Okay. The friend never said anything until he was interviewed about Billy after Billy's death. Another time, Billy was on the road playing at a club with soldiers when someone asked him, weren't you a girl named Dorothy who lived in Oklahoma City? Or something like that. And before Billy could respond to the question, someone intercepted the conversation, changing the subject or something. Now, we got to remember, Billy Tipton was a musician, and his artistry was sometimes compared to that of jazz pianist Art Tatum. In the late 1930s, he led a band who worked for a radio station, KFXR Radio, and he joined a band known as Louvini's Western Swing Billies. They played for the radio station KTOK and also did gigs at a local tavern. In the 1940s, he toured the Midwest and played at dances. He spent nearly three years working in Joplin, Missouri, where the cat nearly escaped the bag. He played in Texas for a couple of years. In the late 1940s, he toured with George Myers' band. The band was recorded performing live, so there are recordings of Billy performing songs such as the signature tune Flying Home. The band he played in also served as an opening act for Billy Eckstein and the Ink Spots when they performed in Idaho. Billy launched the Billy Tipton Trio in early 1954 after spending time as a solo pianist in Longview, Washington. This group consisted of Billy on piano, Dick O'Neill on drums, and Kenny Richards on bass. Richards would be replaced by Ron Kildy. They became an extremely popular local band. In 1956, the Billy Tipton Trio signed a recording contract with Topps Records. They recorded two albums for the label in 1957. Sweet Georgia Brown and Billy Tipton plays hi-fi on piano, and these sold respectably. These successes opened doors for Billy. Topps Records wanted the trio to do four more albums, and there was an offer to become a hotel house band and open for Liberace. Billy decided instead to take work as a talent broker, and the trio performed weekly. By the late 1970s, Billy Tipton was forced to give up performing when he developed arthritis. He worked for the Dave Sobel Theatrical Agency where he booked musical acts. On January 21, 1989, Billy believed that he was suffering from the effects of emphysema, acquired from years of heavy smoking. He did not want to go to the doctor, but it became unavoidable when Billy collapsed. His son, Billy Jr., had no choice but to seek medical attention for his dying father. It was actually a hemorrhaging peptic ulcer that took Billy Tipton from this life on that day. It had been left untreated long-term, proven fatal. Two days after Billy's death, an autopsy was performed showing that Billy Tipton, born Dorothy Lucille Tipton, was an anatomical 74-year-old female who was past menopause. This shocked many, but not all. The story of the female musician who passed as a man for more than 50 years hit the wire services the day after Billy Tipton's funeral. 
Kitty and Billy Jr. told their story to the press, and people who had never heard of Billy Tipton became intrigued with the story of his life and tried to understand him. The press at this time did not show Billy the dignity of calling him a man, but they emphasized that he pretended to be a man. Billy Tipton left behind two wills. One was not notarized and left everything to his youngest child, Billy Jr., and the other was notarized leaving everything to John Clark, the first son that Billy adopted. The court upheld the will, leaving all to William and giving the other sons, John and Scott, a dollar apiece. Eventually, all three sons inherited an equal share of the estate of their mother, Kitty's estate, when she passed, amounting to about $35,000 per son after legal fees. After Billy Tipton's death and posthumous outing, John and Scott changed their names from Tipton. I guess they felt betrayed and lied to. There's so much about Billy Tipton that we will never know because he didn't discuss his choices. In fact, he did all he could to keep people from knowing certain things because of the time period that he lived in. We can only assume. Everyone who knew Billy Tipton spoke highly of him. They say he was a great guy, a talented and determined musician. He was debonair and well-dressed, and he spoke in an ambiguous tenor voice, enabling him to charm the ladies. He served as best man in a friend's wedding and was godfather to the son of this friend. He was a loving partner in his personal life, and he was a loving parent to three boys. Among many transgender people, Billy Tipton is a role model and cultural icon, and the story of his life has inspired books, documentaries, and important discourse regarding sex and gender. Suits Me, written by Diane Middlebrook, is an intriguing read if you can get past the fact that it's dated and not particularly understanding of transgender people. No Ordinary Man is a 2020 documentary, and it looks at him through a trans lens, which is important. Anyway, that's the story of Billy Tipton. I'm Monica. This is Remembering the Misremembered, and I will see you soon.